Welcome into another edition of Tampa 2. Casey Phillips here with staff writer Bree Dixon. As always, we are going to talk about everything in the Buccaneer world, looking at the past game, looking at the upcoming game. Uh, the past game part, not as fun as we would have liked or hoped, and also not yeah. at all what we predicted, which I shouldn't remind people of, as I am now hoping they <laughs> listen to our thoughts now, that yes. uh, it shows we don't we don't know anything, really. You know, we're going to pretend like we know it's things. speculation. Yeah, yeah, but that's what makes sports fun, right? You right. never know what's going to happen on any given Sunday. Yes. So uh, let's start off with our takeaways from the Pittsburgh game now that we've all had a few days to settle decompress, down, yeah. decompress <laughs> from the sadness that occurred. So tell me your big takeaways. Well, I think it was a humbling loss from for this team and really just struggled on both sides of the ball. I mean, offensively, they couldn't capitalize in the red zone, couldn't convert on third downs, those short yarded situations. And the Steelers really used predominantly that too high shell, kind of forcing the Buccaneers to try and run the football or attack the intermediate area of the field. And the Buccaneers were, were able to move down the field, but couldn't sustain drives, couldn't, couldn't convert on third downs. And then defensively, the defense couldn't get off the field. You know, the, the Steelers were able to convert in the second half for third and 11 plus plays which I think was really demoralizing for that team. You know, the, the coaches mentioned um, mental lapses, mentioned not being able to get the pressure, and then both Mitch Trubisky and Kenny Pickett were able to step up into those vacated gaps and take shots downfield, you know, when guys would, would over-pursue and not get to the quarterback. So I think those are both going to be big things that this team is going to need to fix this week, and this is a get right game and as Mike Evans said this is a must win for this oh, team. Oh for sure yeah I feel like the f the phrase of the week was situational football yes. right and it's on both sides of the ball mm -hmm. which is so interesting and I, I think that's really the key to football is it's not just the plays you make it's when you're making them or when you're right. not making them it's how much does that individual situation hurt or help you and it has felt like it's basically third down on both sides of the ball and red zone and mm -hmm. it's going to be tough to win games when you're constantly getting either three or zero when you're entering into the red zone. It's right. going to be hard to win games when you're giving up third and 11, third and 15 on defense. So I think just all of that situational stuff is going to be so important. And also just the communication. Right. Especially when I feel like after the way that last season ended, where it felt like the season ended on a miscommunication on defense, where I just will, all the Bucks fans will forever picture Cooper Cup running free as yes. you just saw the hopes dwindling away of that Super Bowl again. <laughs> it was a very sad moment yeah. for all the people. And to feel like that was the biggest point of emphasis after that, that the guys talked about the taste that left in their mouth yes. and that this year was going to be different and that you do have so many guys that have been playing in this system for years, that have been playing only under Todd Bowles and in this system their whole career, to still see a few plays where there's a miscommunication happening I think has got to be one of the most frustrating things for players and coaches alike. And so I think that this week is where you see – the discipline come out where yes. you they now have seen the importance of it trying to fix that and now granted you did have a few injuries in you know the back end of your defense which can play a role in it and coaches have talked about how missing a guy like Logan Ryan who is I think I heard them say the most vocal guy in that secondary that that can make a difference mm -hmm. um, but I think that I want to see that be the the lesson from this last game is 
that communication still has some room for growth moving forward and to not think that it's okay and to not forget how that felt to end the last season on a miscommunication. So situational football and the communication, I think those are the biggest things I, from this last week that I want to see moving forward. So that kind of segues us into keys to the game this next week, which uh, the keys have changed a few times uh, uh, this week. Yeah. <laughs> so we were a little, a little sweaty. This we're morning. <laughs> yeah, we're recording this Friday morning, and uh, of course we tend to prepare ahead of time, and then had to do a little scramble right yes. before this on Friday morning. So tell me what your keys to the game were going to be, Yay. and how they've changed. <laughs> well, the key to the game was obviously going to be stopping Christian McCaffrey, who which is look we did it their focal point. Yes, we did it. We stopped him. We won everybody. We yeah. did it. Way to go. Nailed that key to the game. Yeah. But he is their focal point, you know, use him on the perimeter bounce runs outside. He led the team in rushing yards, receptions, receiving yards. And then last night, lovely they were little, like, little get- news drop with the Panthers trading him to the 49ers, which I do believe that Christian McCaffrey will be absolutely explosive in San Francisco's offense, you know, benefiting those those yards after catch, getting yeah. guys in space. I think he will be the perfect complement to Debo Samuel and really thrive in Kyle Shanahan's system. So I think for us, the the keys to the game against the Panthers is really going to be, regardless of what the opponent does, it's, okay, how is this team able to – sustained drives how I mean they were 4-14 on third down last week how can they continue I mean even as they said you're going to have to win a different way they don't have Rob Gronkowski you don't have that go-to over the middle of the field anymore you don't have Antonio Brown a guy that took the top off of the defense you don't have these pieces anymore so you have to find a way to figure out how can we win this year with the guys that we have? And you, you have a different offensive line. You have a new interior. Guys are still trying to gain that continuity and figure out who they are as an offense. And, I mean, even last week Brady was talking about, you know, there was a lot of chatter about, you know, running on, first, running on those first downs. But it's like if they're playing a two-high shell and they're giving you opportunities to run the football – but you're only getting, say, two, three, four yards, well, it's going to push you behind the chains. But Mm -hmm. you also have to counter with what the defense is giving you. So I think that's going to be one of the things that I'm going to be interested to see is how can they counter and move the chains and move downfield with what the Panthers are doing. And then defensively, how are they able to stop that team on third down? Can Mm -hmm. guys get to – P.J. Walker on those right. third down packages that Todd Bowles dials up. Are they able to get home, or do they provide opportunities and rush lanes on the perimeter? As is, I think, going to be really big, really big in this game. Yeah, it's interesting because I, I do think that this is one where um, you want to see your defensive front make an impact. That I don't, I want you know, I want to see guys in the backfield. Yes, I want to see tackles for loss, sacks, all of that because. It's one thing to just sort of hold the line. It's another to impose your will, yes. right? And I think that on both sides of the line, that's something we'd like to see where, you know, the struggle was getting a yard on third and one on offense or a yard on fourth and one and watching the line not necessarily be able to gain any ground. Mm-hmm. And on the defensive side of things, maybe not giving up a ton but not necessarily imposing your will. Same yeah. thing, that the interior – seeing that they gain ground, not just hold the line, Mm -hmm. will be big. And like you said, to be able to still 
have that force up the middle but contain around the outsides as you know P.J. Walker is probably going to be trying to make some Ooh, magic yes. happen when they yes. don't have a lot going on. Um, when you're without Christian McCaffrey and now you're without Robbie Anderson, I think that's the kind of stuff where when a quarterback doesn't feel like they have the weapons, they start trying to make things happen. happen. And so with that, can you contain that with a scrambling and then can you take advantage of that with some turnovers? Because I also feel like, this last game, I mean, the Bucks didn't turn it over, which is nice, but they also didn't force a turnover. Yes. Um, and they, if you look at the fact that the Bucks are still up there in the league in forced takeaways, but they almost all came in the Saints game. Like, if you yeah. look at what – if you just look at the pure numbers, it's like, oh, we got a fair amount of takeaways. Like, we're still in the top part of the league. But they almost all came even in just one quarter yes. of one game. So – I think that, I mean, yeah, they turnovers come in bunches. You hear about that. Some of them are fluky. They did force a fumble last week. They just didn't get to recover it. Right. Some of those things are fluky. Um, but to see a few more defensive plays that are turnovers, that are sacks, that are tackles for loss, that feel like you're imposing your will, that are changing the game, I think that's going to be the kind of thing that really a team like the Panthers, if you can make some plays like that that get them down, there's so much to be said for a team that is – feeling like they're drowning, mm -hmm. you know, that they've fired their head coach, they're trading away players, they're, you know, it's like that that feeling, it's so hard for a team like that to get up for a game. Mm -hmm. If you can make even one or two of those kind of plays that are demoralizing early in a game, I think that changes, changes the whole the thing. Yeah. It changes the whole thing. So the, the plays on defense, to me, are the ones that are the most able to be demoralizing mm -hmm. to another team. And would be something that I think would change the tides for the Bucks as well and how they feel about what they can do. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the fact that the Panthers are last bottom of the league in total offense, mm -hmm. points, yards, all that yeah. stuff, and that they were already, you know, 26th in rushing with Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. You'd like to think this is going to be a game you can get some three and outs and feel pretty good about yes. yourself, even if you're not getting the turnovers. Right. Yeah. So also now let's take a look at some of our key matchups. Um, what would you say either individual matchup between a person or a position group as a whole? What are you paying attention to? The matchup that I am excited for this week is Tristan Wirfs versus Brian Burns. I was going to be mine. <laughs> I, I cannot that. wait. Yep. And I think this is, you know, they faced each other many times, but I think you have kind of the the best on the best you know Brian Burns is their tone setter and their defensive line has four sacks already and is absolutely has a lethal spin move and is one of the has one of the fastest get off times in the NFL I mean is an absolute menace has the possibility to wreck a game so it's okay can Tristan Wirfs play sound football and Burns is a guy that can bait guys with his moves you know with the counters fakes outside goes inside so Tristan's going to have to be sound in what he does, going to have to stay square. So I'll be interested to see how how that matchup goes up, up front and can they keep Brady clean in the pocket. Yeah, I, that was going to be my matchup as well, and I think I'll even expand it to just the offensive line overall, that yeah. we know that they know that they've been taking heat. I mean, they took heat from Brady in the game, and they know that they're not playing to the level that they would want to, and – it's just one of those things to me where I feel like this offensive line has the chance to play angry and yes. that that could be a good thing. And I think that's the case for the team overall. They are angry about this last week's game mm -hmm. and that can be an amazing thing or it can be 
not great if you aren't keeping your wits about you, if you're playing too emotional. Mm-hmm. But I feel like this team discipline is going to be so emphasized. So if you couple that with that feeling of disrespect, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's, I think how the O-line probably feels right now. They feel disrespected and whether you can say it's earned or not, but I think this is the kind of game where they're going to take ownership of that. And I think I want to see them impose their will, like I said, on those third and ones, and, and especially in the run game, because I've heard O-linemen talk about this forever, is they all love run blocking because yes. they all say it's where you get to go bring the hit to someone else instead of just having to take it on right. the pass protect. This is where you, you get, get hyped up. Yeah, yeah, you get the push. You impose your will. You get to have that fired up feeling of look how far downfield right. we just got. So I think to see them bust a few holes open, impose their will in the run game, will do a lot for their confidence and keeping Brady clean that this is a game that this O-line, they, they've got to prove who they are, what they can be after they've gotten a lot of negative attention this week. And you know, they know that, you know, they hear that. And the same way bulletin board material can work on something somebody from the other team said, if you don't think they know what members of the media and different people have said, you, you know, they're paying attention to that. And I'm sure Brady's probably bringing it up to them. He's even said in the past, he's done that where he's, pointed out to guys what's being said about right. them and said, is this is this right? Is this who you are? So I, I think that the O-line as a whole, uh, it's going to be really great to see them have a, like we've talked about, a bit of a get-right game, mm-hmm. prove that that last game was not who they were. Right, and get and get balanced. You know, I mean, th- right now the Bucks rank last in the league in, in rushing. Yep. So I think this is a game that you can see Rashad White on the perimeter. You can see – Leonard Fournette bust some of those holes in the middle mm-hmm. and get downhill. And I think that would go go a long way and take some of that pressure off Brady in the pocket just to be able to hand it off. But to get those pos- positive yards I think would be huge in in helping create that continuity on yeah. offense yeah, and open sure. up the play-action game. Um, all right, so let's talk a little bit about injury updates. Uh, we talked about some personnel updates for uh, <laughs> Ooh, for yeah. the, the lovely Panthers. A lot. Um, so for one thing for them, uh, I'm, I'm looking at – this uh, injury report right now and Mr. Uh, Baker Mayfield definitely on it. And they have announced PJ Walker yes. will be the starter. So that's already will. one aspect of it on their end. Is there anything else for, uh, on the Panthers end that you think is important to note? I would say for the Panthers, it's that JC Horn was still limit limited with that ribs injury. And then you had um, their defensive tackle, my Matt Ioannidis, who still has not practiced as well as cornerback Dante Jackson, which he had, their sole score last week with a pick six. And that was the only points that the Panthers were able to muster against the Rams. So I think those are kind of the the big names to keep an eye on for the Panthers that are. Okay. And then how about on the Buccaneers end, what uh, stands out to you about who is and is not on there? Some good news, bad news situation. Mm -hmm. What do do you notice? So the Buccaneers secondary has taken, taken a little bit of a hit. Carlton Davis, um, still has not practiced, and as well as Sean Murphy Bunting with that quad injury. Now Mike Edwards was back at practice with the elbow, and I think he's on pace to play on Sunday. So I think you may see more of, you know, D. Delaney. You may see more of Zion McCollum to try and help counter that, and even maybe see more of Keanu Neal, even if Mike Edwards does come in, but maybe put him in in some of those sub packages. And without Logan Ryan, who's now on IR, you've also seen. Antoine Winfield be able to emerge more in that hybrid safety nickel corner role. Yeah, that was interesting to see that even when you had those injuries and you would assume that therefore 
Antoine Winfield would go back to his more traditional safety role. It is amazing to me that they think so highly of what he's right. been able to do in that nickel that they're like, no, we'll bring someone else in. Like, we still want you in that yes. role. That's pretty incredible to yeah. me. I find that fascinating. Um, yeah, I think uh, it's going to be interesting to see now that Akeem Hicks is still out. I just find that right. it's such a bummer. He, you know, He's a guy that I was just so excited when they brought in to see as he and Vita were able to play yeah. together longer, how that was going to progress, how that was going to look. And I do think it's interesting to watch the D-line overall how Logan Hall is trying to step in, and then the fact that Nacho has really taken a lot of the the snaps that Akeem probably would have gotten. And I think they've done a good job, but I, I do think that um, it is a game where you maybe want to see a little, just a little bit more from the D-line. Right. Would, would you agree with that in terms of how they've been playing overall? Yes. Well, and I think that's been one of the things that the coaches have, have stressed. You know, okay, they haven't had – a takeaway or a turnover in eight quarters. And that goes back to the D line. You know, that's them getting pressure, but getting home and not over pursuing or leaving a vacated gap, but it's getting there and getting the quarterback to the ground. Mm -hmm. And that's going to pay dividends for letting the linebackers roam free, potentially causing an errant throw that they can pick off and changing that momentum, changing the tide of a game. So it all, it all goes hand in hand to form that cohesion. And I think if you get more pressure up front, that's just going to take the whole defense to to another level. But like you said, that front hasn't been able to get effective pressure consistently. And I think that was one of the big words this week that the coaches stressed was consistent. You know, yeah. you'll, you'll have a sack here or there, but it's the pressures that are really what matters and show the consistency of a defense over the course of four quarters. Yep, I completely agree with that. All right, how about a player to watch? We talked about some matchups that were important. Now who is a player you want to see? So going kind of on that theme, I'm going to go with Shaq Barrett. Mm. I'm hoping the Panthers have allowed 19 sacks. So I'm hoping this can be a game that we see Shaq Barrett return yes. to form. And he's had – he had two sacks against the Saints but hasn't had a sack since. And I think that's one of the things that he was talking about this week is just being patient. You know, they come in bunches but not trying – to change what you're doing, but just stay at it and be be consistent. And, yeah. you know, obviously things have changed with, with Christian McCaffrey not being there, but I think regardless, this is still going to be a team that's going to target the perimeter, that mm -hmm. is going to use those quick passes to try and help out P.J. Walker, to try and mitigate some of that Bucks pressure. Right. So I think his ability to, to stay – maintain his gap discipline on the edge, but also get home and get the quarterback down is going to be – he's going to be really crucial in this game for, for the Bucks to kind of set that tone on on defense. Yeah, that's good. I th since you went defense, I'll go offense. Um, we, I think we joked about this last week that I always just feel lame picking somebody like Mike Evans because it feels like such a given. But I think after this last week when we really thought we'd see the offense take more advantage of a depleted Steelers secondary mm -hmm. – I think when that didn't happen, that is going to be a point of emphasis this week. And the fact that Mike caught all four passes thrown his way this last Sunday, but that was it. It was the four passes and, you know, coach Bulls and, and coach Lefwich, they were all asked about it this week. And they talked about the idea of, yes, you, you try to give what the other team is giving you, but at the same time, you got to do some things to get the ball in your best player's hands right. more often. And you know, Coach Bowles talked about, yeah, we're, you know, run some picks, run some this, run some that, you know, that it's as, as much as we know he does get double teamed, that he is such a focal point of this of this offense that 
you don't always have an easy way to get to him. It's not like you're going to probably see him running free. I mean, that that would take such a major breakdown because he is such a focal point. But I, I do think this is a game that you see them being even more intentional by trying to get the ball to Mike Evans. And again, this is a Panthers team that is very depleted. And, you know, I, I feel like at least early, because hopefully I think this team has got to hope that they're, this is not going to be a close game, that you've got to be hoping right. that it is not just a win, it is a decisive one. And mm-hmm. if that's the case, maybe you're not throwing the ball a whole lot in the second half. So it may not be a game where Mike gets tons of numbers and stats, but I think I want to see particularly that first half that there is some intention behind getting him involved. Um, so, yeah, I think he's going to be my guy to watch. Uh, all right, so our final segment we do here is our quote of the week as we have listened to all the media availability of the week. Uh, so tell me which one you picked and why. So my quote that I'm picking was actually I asked Tristan Wirfs about Brian Burns this week, and I loved his answer. This guy was absolutely fired up oh, to play against Mr. Burns on and Sunday. And Tristan Wirfs fired up is a dangerous oh, Tristan yeah. Wirfs. Yes, it is. But I, he said, last year, I don't think he, meaning Burns, got the attention he deserves. I think he's a really good player. I know that I have to stay square when I lock him in because if I try to shoot out there and open up, I'm leaving the inside available and he can take that pretty quick. I have to be on top of my stuff when I go against him. And then he said, I was watching tape this morning on him, and I'm getting kind of excited. Ooh, I love that. I and he, love that. I mean, it's great. I mean, he's just grinning ear to ear. And I think it's exciting when you see them really just talk about the X's and O's and, and getting fired up just watching film on this guy because he's like, you know, this is a player that's going to make me better. You know, I mean, this is a guy that I have to be on my A game in this game for four quarters or he is going to gain leverage and he's going to get to the quarterback. That's what separates guys in this league, too, is that whole answer and attitude and mindset that Tristan just showed is everybody can get fired up on a Sunday. Yes. Who's getting fired up in the middle of the week? Yeah, even Who's, just in the preparation and film yes, study stage. When you are excited to watch film, when you are excited, and when you are excited to go against someone that you think challenges you, as compared mm-hmm. to just going against someone you think you're going to steamroll, Yeah, that whole mindset is why Tristan Wirfs mm-hmm. came in as a rookie and dominated and has continued right. to be so consistent here. He is a guy that loves football, loves being challenged, gets excited about the preparation of it. I think that's that's very cool. Who's that chess match? Yes. Who doesn't love it? We all love to Who doesn't love the chess match? Uh, okay, so my quote of the week was from uh, Byron Lefwich, and he was asked about some of the lack of explosive plays on mm-hmm. offense. And he said, it's not the same team as last year or the team before. That's the biggest difference. We're working new people in. We're trying to get to a point where we're playing our best football later in the year. And I, it made me think of the Super Bowl year where the Bucks started, what, I think seven and five? I mean, that's not a record that makes you automatically go, ooh, that sounds like a yeah. Super Bowl winner right there. And it was that there was a point where it clicked. And it was because that was a whole new group of people together. And while this isn't an entirely new group of people, we forget how much from the Super Bowl year to the year after that, it was almost all the same people. It, there was such incredible continuity that was like, this never happens. Right. Because NFL rosters turn over. That's, that's what they do. And while you try to use preseason and training camp and things to get that, you know, gelling and all of that, it's just different getting into the year. And while I'm sure this team would love to have 
more offensive chemistry sooner than they have, there is still so much football to be played. And when you are talking about new weapons, new offensive linemen, new tight ends, rookies playing some pretty big roles at a lot mm-hmm. of places, just because it's still Tom Brady, it's still Mike Evans, it's still Chris Godwin, I think sometimes it's easy to just be like, I don't understand why this isn't clicking more. And for him to talk about how the priority is to be playing your best football late in the year. It's when you come on. And, yeah, of course, you don't want to get to a point early in the year where you have played yourself out of contention too early before that can happen. But that's the priority. It is not too late. There's so much football to be had that that chemistry is still building. They're still getting all of that figured out and that it is not the same team. I just thought that was an interesting, uh, honest moment for him of, look, we're, we're still figuring out some of these new weapons and how to use everybody the correct way and there's been injuries and of course I'm sure you were counting on maybe Julio Jones being available more often and even Russell Gage while he's been out there has not been 100% um you know Brashad Perriman was hurt for a while like it's just they have not had games where they've had all their people available and getting to use them the way they want to right so that is my hope is that health improves a little bit consistency continuity and that chemistry start building and that we're going to have a point where suddenly we go, there it is. Mm-hmm. This is the offense they've been working towards and building, and hopefully it's going to click in the right time to still be able to be playing your best ball later right. in the year. When I think history will attest for for every team in the NFL, I feel like there's always that turning point. Mm-hmm. Every season for a team, there's there's that game where everything seems seems to click, and they kind of hit that that must-win situation, that crux of the season, and they're able to overcome the overcome the adversity, overcome the issues, whatever's happened in the past, put it aside and play four quarters and finish the game out. And I think this could potentially be that game for the Buccaneers that, that changes the tide in the 2022 slate. Yeah, you're right. They need a complete game this yes. week where all three facets of – the team are, are clicking and for all four quarters. I mean, well, just to build that confidence yeah, up again. You need that. You need it. You need a game where start to finish, you feel good about it. That, right. Not even just about, again, whether you win or lose, but how the game actually progresses. They need that confidence builder right now of saying, yes, this is who we know we are. are. Yep. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us on another edition of Tampa 2. Thank you so much for joining us. And we will talk to you guys next week a little bit sooner than typical because there's a Thursday night game. <laughs> so we are going to be coming to you real quick again on Wednesday with another Tampa 2. We'll see you then.